0: Welcome back for another episode of the Hockey News on the A podcast. I'm Jacob Stoller alongside Patrick Williams, virtually, I guess, not necessarily alongside, um, as usual, get set, getting set here for the first episode of the show in 2023. Pat, how are we doing? Good, good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, just I, I was saying this before the show. I, pronunciations are not my best thing, and I, I don't even know what. See, now I'm tricking myself. I said Eli Tolvanen or Ellie Tolvainen, whatever one of them... See, like, now I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot. Why did I even bring this up? But that's... Uh, yeah, I brought that up to take the Morning Skate to a player. Um, they asked me who I was talking about because I butchered their name so bad. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Just one of those days, you know?
1: We all... We've all been there, you know? Absolutely. Just, just like we say with players, start it off, move on.
0: It's a new day. 100% on that front. And actually... Today is an exciting day because the All-Star teams have come out for the AHL. The All-Star game will be taking place in Laval this year. Really interesting cast of characters. And something that I didn't even understand fully, um, and I don't even know if I I do even now, is how there's players that are currently in the the NHL um, that are being named. And there's certain situations where players that are in the NHL can come back down to the AHL and play. What goes into that, Pat, for people that don't really know?
1: it's a lot of uh, a little bit of guesswork right you know uh, sort of anticipating you know what teams might do nhl clubs might do with players uh, i think sometimes it's also a wish list you know well we'll put this player on the list in the in the hopes that uh it's about a month away that uh by then he'll be able to come down or and or the nhl club will even if he's on the nhl roster will allow him to come down for the weekend at uh, there's a lot of though, like, uh, you'll see in the next few weeks, there's a lot of changes. Um, you'll see players come, players go, um, you know, and even sometimes right up to the day of the event, uh, players run into travel issues or, uh, <clears throat> you know, just they're called up that day or, you know, uh, the NHL resumes play the day after the all-star, the NHL all-star game. So, you know, sometimes guys get pulled last minute because the nhl team wants them ready just in case there's a call up so uh, it's a lot of uh you know kind of touch and go uh, on that front laval's a pretty good place to host it too hey in the mini bell center oh yeah yeah one of the top buildings in the league uh, have you been there yet <clears throat> yes yeah uh it is a mini bell center is a good way to describe it uh you know it's uh seats around over ten thousand. uh opened five years ago so it's right up to the state of the art, you know, all the NHL amenities. Um, it's really, yeah, just a scaled down NHL facility. Uh, it's about maybe 20 minutes, uh, from, from, from the bell center. You can actually get there on the, on the Metro there. So it's uh, super convenient, you know, for anybody that's coming uh, to the event, uh, you can either stay in Laval or stay downtown Montreal and, uh, make your way back and forth so it's uh it's a good way it's a good place and it, certainly logistically for the league it's good in the sense that uh, you have direct air service you know from just about everywhere in the league um that was tough for you know i know for a few times when you know some of the smaller markets you didn't necessarily have that uh, airline service so you know players were you know trying to get from you know the west coast all the way to east coast you know, to a smaller city like Utica and, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge, but, you know, this should be, it should be a great event. It's been three years here in the making and uh, finally they'll be able to, looks like pull it off.
0: So let's get to the players that'll be as of now um, heading to Laval to compete. There's four teams. There's the Atlantic division, the North division, the central division, and the Pacific division. Um, let's start off with the Atlantic division. And we have, so there's two goalies per team about, Four defensemen and uh, one, two, I don't even know why it's hard to say the numbers. But there's a lot of players um, here. Let, let's just get to it. Samuel Bull Duke of the Bridgeport Islanders, um, defenseman, And then goaltender Brandon Boosie of the Providence Bruins. Uh, Ford Will Cully of the Hartford Wolfpack. Ford Tyson Forster of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. F- uh, Ethan Frank, Ford of the Hershey Bears. Uh, Matthew Highmore of Springfield Thunderbirds. He's a forward. And his teammate, Joel Hofer, goaltender for the Springfield Thunderbirds. We join him as well. Uh, And then we have Ford Vanilla Terry of the Providence Bruins. Riley Nash, another forward with the Charlotte Checkers. Um, Xavier Ouellette of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Defenseman there. Mike Vecchioni of the Hershey Bears, forward. And then the last one is defenseman Cam York. Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who is currently with Philadelphia. And I guess you can slate them as to be determined if you'll attend. Pat, first glance at this list, any surprises, any, you know, snubs? Like, where's your, where's your mind at with that group?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, snubs are tough just because you have to have a team, every team represented. And then you have, you know, X number, you know, players for four uh, position. You have eight Um you, you have, you know, depending on the division, you have eight teams, Uh, like the Pacific division has 10 teams. Uh, so, you know, others have seven, so it's a little tough in that regard. Um, but, uh, you know, overall, I like, uh, the, the pitch for the Atlanta division really, I mean, I love everything about Brandon Bussey's game this year in net for Providence, uh, came out of Western Michigan, um, after a really good career there, um, got signed as a free agent by Boston. Um, actually started the year in the ECHL, got an opportunity with an injury in Providence and uh, stepped in and just been fantastic. And then just, you know, a lot of good, solid veterans there as well. Uh, and then Paul Duke has been fantastic, I think, for, for Bridgeport. Uh, uh, hi- highly talented prospect for the New York Islanders. So, uh, you know, all in all, I like that list. Speaking of Bull Duke, what have you liked about
0: his game this year? It seems like, you know, you're not alone in saying that he's taken a big step in that regard.
1: I like that just, you know, he's... You know, I always look with, with young defensemen, especially at this level is the level of assertiveness. Um, you know, how confident are they out there? How, how willing are they to push the play and yet also not, not play recklessly. And, uh, I feel like he's, he's just continues to progress. Uh, you know, Bridgeport's in a little bit of a tough spot right now. You know, they've had a lot of call-ups and, you know, lineup, uh, issues, but, um, he's been steady. Uh, so, um, I like that he's willing to shoot the puck a lot, uh, you know, I feel feel like that always is a um, you know a good sign with young defensemen uh, that they have that confidence. Um and you know, he's now in his third year here, you know, the thirdish year, let's say that first year, that pandemic season was a little bit, you know, uh, as we've said many times before, not quite the real thing. but um he's taking good steps, and uh, you know, I think he's right on track there for the Islanders. One guy that
0: we've talked about before as well is Joel Hofer. Guy continues yeah. to to really tear it up as reward with a two year extension. Um, as well, I think it's fair to say this is a guy that is on the cusp of, of making the the, the jump and, and maybe even not just being a, a backup or on the roster, but maybe getting a decent serving of games as well.
1: Yeah, it's his net this year. In Springfield last year, he shared it with uh, Charlie Lindgren, which I thought was good for him uh, for his development. As right. a rookie, you have a real good steady veteran like, like Lindgren there. And Lindgren's obviously gone on to... uh himself a three-year deal in the nhl so um Brandy. you know it's uh it's been really good for him in that regard um and now this year it's exactly what you like to see that that steady progression now it's his net uh now he's the number one guy there um and uh he's he's really taking it around with that I, I i really liked the the experience he got last last spring in the playoffs so i thought that was a great way for him to wrap up a rookie season they went uh all the way to the Calder Cup final, obviously, they ran into, you know, just a powerhouse team like Chicago last year. But um, all in all, it was, uh, you know, I thought, you know, great foundation that he, he set up last year. Now this year, he's just taken that much further.
0: 100%. Let's move on to the North Division All-Stars. And uh, so I'll go through, I'll go by position this time. Probably makes the most sense. Um, let's start with the forwards. There's Alex Barry Boulay of the Syracuse Crunch. It's actually his second appearance. Um, a second all-star appearance, um, Brandon Biro of the Rochester Americans, Gabriel Dumont of the Syracuse Crunch, Anthony, is it uh, Anthony Richard or Richard? Richard. Richard, mm-hmm. I should know that. Um, Laval Rocket, Logan Shaw, the Toronto Marlies, Igor Sokolov of the Belleville Senators, and those are the forwards heading to the tournament. Um, and then on defense, you've got Noel Hoffemar for the Toronto Marlies, David Yerichek for the Cleveland Monsters, Darren Reddish from the Syracuse Crunch along with Justin Baron from the Laval Rocket and then between the pipes you got Joseph Wall of the Toronto Marlies along with Nico Dawes of the Utica Comets um, you know for me the first thing that I think is it's pretty cool to see Joe Wall on this all-star group he's mm-hmm. played like 9 games this year but it's certainly well deserved I think he's undefeated <laughs>
1: Well, he's played a couple games of, you know, probably almost are equivalent to two two games. Uh, you know, like this past Sunday, he played, um, he was in net against Laval and faced 58 shots, stopped 56 of them. They were, uh, Toronto was out, outshot uh, 58-17 and managed to pull out a 4-2 win. So, you know, it was all on him. Um, he was fantastic. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's healthy again. Um, so, yeah, he's been a real nice success story for the Marlies.
0: Absolutely. I would also argue that Joe Wall's the best goalie prospect the Leafs have had in there for for a long time. I think a lot of of people have forgotten um, his pedigree, given the fact that last year he was, you know, actually throughout the last, you know, two or three seasons, I feel like he's had not just one, but two injuries at least. And that's kind of put him on the back burner. COVID also wiped away. And, you know, as we said, it's a weird year in 2020, 2021. Mm -hmm. So now Wall is, is playing as, peak, you know, 934% for eight games and a nod to the All-Star game as well. Uh Justin Barron is someone that uh he, he gets quite a lot of hype online, I see. I want to know what you think about his season that led to him getting the nod.
1: Um with him, I mean, first, you know, the the hype I think, you know, I mean, hype can be, you know, you know, artificial. Overblown or artificial, but uh right. um, you know, Lavals had a lot of trouble this year, you know, at different points, especially at the start of the year it was really rough for them and uh You know, what I like about him is last year he was in Colorado with the Eagles. He got a great foundation there with Greg Cronin, the head coach there, who's a real taskmaster in terms of, um, you know, the smallest details in your game. And I think that was great for a young defenseman like that, especially that, you know, the guy who came in, you know, is, you know, definitely a skilled defenseman, right? And so, like, learning a lot of those, you know, little details away from the puck and, you know, coverages and all those things that aren't necessarily – glamorous parts of the game, but are extremely necessary. He got that foundation early and then moved on to the, uh, you know, that trade last year for, for Lekkinen at the deadline. And um, he came in now, he's gotten himself a call up to the, to the Habs and um, he's just had a real, a, a lot like a uh, ball Duke, a, a good steady progression so far early on in his career. Igor
0: Sokolov. He's someone where he, he had to take a big step and he has, um, is he a player where where we could expect to see him in continuous all-star games for the next couple of years or or is he on the cusp?
1: I think he's on the cusp, yeah, um you know he's, he's your classic power forward type. Uh, he came in that pandemic season and uh, really opened up a lot of eyes. I mean they I think they were they were optimistic um you know, coming in he's a second rounder, so you know, there was certainly uh, uh, some optimism, but you know, he was a second rounder. Um, as a 20 year old. So that's a little bit of a different uh, <clears throat> scenario there. And he came in, and granted, you know, the level of play was down that year, but he came in and he certainly did his job and it came back. Um, you know, depending on you know, who you talk to, you'd say last year was maybe a little bit of a down year from, from what was expected. But nevertheless, uh, you know, he's come back this year, uh, just been absolutely uh, fantastic. Uh, you know, he's another player who's willing to shoot the puck, go into the dangerous areas. And uh, I liked his progression a lot. So, yeah, I, I think this will probably be his last All-Star game because, you know, I think he'll be up with Ottawa before too long.
0: Before we move on, I'd be remiss not to mention Noel Hoffenmeier, mm-hmm. who in his first AHL season, his first full season, um, mind you, he's an All-Star, and the guy, this guy's on an AHL contract and probably in line to be the next story of, you know, the growler, Marley's pipeline. Mm-hmm. Ernie elcs Christians, Rubens, Mason Marchman. Though he wasn't with the Growlers, but he um, was found in the ECHL with the Solar Bears. What what is really what's the deal with this guy? You know, he, he's a, a high scoring defenseman in the OHL. Comes in, they they put him in the Growlers, plays all situations, and then he get looks like he was shot out of a cannon this year.
1: He's a he's an interesting story, right? Like he was just drafted you know, by Arizona back in 2017, uh, you know, fourth rounder and it didn't pan out there. And, you know, he came through that, that Ottawa 67 system, which, you know, has, you know, long been one of the best junior programs there is. And then, uh, he was able to get that, that, um, yeah, like you said, that classic Marley's growlers experience, right. You know, um, was able to, you know, go on a good playoff run last season, uh, with the growlers, um, take on that experience, uh, <clears throat> Really basically a point per game player as a defenseman down there and um, took that next step. Right. You know, so he comes in as a, you know, as a player with some edges to his game um, and, and the Marlies, you know, as we've seen time and time again, like you said, you know, they, um, they take their time with players. They're very patient. Um, <clears throat> you know, he came in certainly, you know, with all sorts of um, optimism, right. You know, CHL defenseman of the year, Top OHL defenseman, uh, but you know you you can sort of get a little bit caught up in those numbers, you know, for a player, you know, you know who's you know late in his junior career. So you you got to put that kind of in its proper you know context. But uh, you know he's he's just steadily um, found his game, and uh, you know I don't think he'll be on an NHL contract much longer at this rate.
0: Absolutely, the Central Division. Let's move on. uh, Let's get centered here. So the forwards, Thomas. Bordeleau of the San Jose Barracuda, Michael Carcone of the, or Carconi, sorry, of the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, oh, sorry, that's Pacific. Uh, my bad. Let's just go with the Pacific then. Uh, sorry, so that's Pacific Division All-Stars. Uh, Thomas Bordlow of the San Jose Barracuda, Michael Carcone of the Tucson Roadrunners, uh, Seth Griffith of the Bakersfield Condors, Matthew Phillips of the Calgary Wranglers, Andrew, Paul- Andrew Podorowski of the Coachella Valley Firebirds, T.J. Tynan of the Ontario Reign, and those are the forwards for Team Pacific. On defense, you've got Riker Evans of Coachella Valley, Brad Hunt of the Colorado Eagles, Daniel Miromanov of the Henderson Silver Knights, along with Christian Wolanin of the Abbotsford Canucks. Between the pipes, you got Dustin Wolf, friend of the show, Calgary Wranglers, and Lucas Dostal of the San Diego Gulls. Pat, what are you thinking?
1: Good mix, right? Like, you know, some real classic uh, veteran types. Some like uh, Big Eric names. Griffith, yeah. You know, a Tynan, a Podorowski, uh, you know, Karkoni's really emerged this year. But then you also got high, high-end prospects like a Borderlow, you know, a rookie who's just, you know, been fantastic, been right at the top of the rookie scoring this year. Um, you got some guys that are, you know, on that cusp like a Karkone, um uh, Phillips, right? You know, Miromanov uh, is another guy who really, uh, there And then, you know, uh, kind of a little bit of a, I don't want to say a reclamation, uh, but Christian Morlanda definitely, uh, you know, he's had so many injuries early in his career. and This year is just, he's gotten healthy. And for him this year, it's just been a real good, uh, you know, chance to, to play a lot. And, uh, you know, I think there's certainly an opportunity there, depending on what Vancouver does with their, with their roster, you know, here in the second half, uh, for him to definitely make a push for an NHL job.
0: Miro Manov an interesting case. You know, he, he's, he really popped this year offensively, yeah. especially last year, he had 40 points in 53 games as well. Is he, is he going to be permanently with Vegas or could we see him in Henderson down the stretch?
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, I love everything about Miro Manov, you know, on and off the ice, uh, you know, a little background on him is, uh, you know, he, he came over here early, uh, played in North America, really got his English down early coming over from Russia and he's kind of almost just been like the welcome committee for uh for the other russian prospects uh with henderson and you know it's it's been a huge advantage for those players you know especially coming to a big market like henderson slash las vegas and uh coaching staff raves about uh you know the character and leadership that he shows and um he's uh he really has that that offensive touch uh and he's he's a great story right like he he came, you know, he turned pro, he ended up uh, in the ECHL uh, for a while. And then, um, you know, kind of was able to eventually find himself an opportunity with Henderson and then um, has just taken run with it. And, uh, you know, you know, both president, like I said, past uh, head coaches, you know, they, they speak so highly of him. And, you know, every time, you, you know, I've spoken with him, you, you just come away thinking like, this is a guy that gets it. You know, he's just got a great head on his shoulders and, um, real smart, like, you, you know, that, that definitely transfers on the ice as well. And, uh, you know, so a uh, real nice success story there for Anderson and, and by extension Vegas.
0: Let's move over to the Central. Um, let's start with the forwards. Rally Barber of the Texas Stars, David Gust of the Rockford Ice Hogs, Tommy Novak of the Milwaukee Admirals, Lucas Reichel of the Rockford Ice Hogs, Brett Sini of the Rockford Ice Hogs as well, and then Sammy Walker of the Iowa Wild. On the back end, you got Declan Chisholm of the Manitoba Moose, Thomas Harley of the Texas Stars, Max Lajoie of the Chicago Wolves, Brian Lashoff of the Grand Rapids Griffins. And then between the pipes, you've got Jesper Walstatt and Yaroslav Asakarov. Now, this is a stacked division when it comes to prospects and young talent. It may be the most exciting um, list that we've mentioned. I think that we've touched on almost all these guys. Not that we're not going to do right now, but like throughout the show, these guys have, have come up because they are the most exciting players. Some of the most exciting players in the league, but someone I want to ask you out of Sammy Walker, this mm. guy seemed to be coming out of the woodwork, you know, Minnesota native signed with the team out of college. HL all-star. What, what kind of player is this?
1: Yeah, he's kind of like Mr. Minnesota, right? Like he was—he uh, was drafted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Didn't not sign with them. Um, he played um, he plays college hockey uh, at the University of Minnesota. He was a captain there for three years, which is actually a, a record for that program for the longest uh, held captaincy. Um, and kind of your classic uh, story as a, certainly an undersized player by you know a lot of conventional wisdom, but uh, he got that free agency um, opportunity come, coming out of college and uh, signed with his hometown team, Minnesota. He's already gotten uh, some games up there. And uh, when he's been with Iowa, it's just been uh, fantastic. Um, typical, like a lot of those players, he has to get stronger, you know, better, better, you know, the board battles and, and you know, you know, in, in tight, but uh, you know, he's smart. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Certainly, you know, you know, speak to all the fact he was a, a captain as a second year player at the university of Minnesota, you know, a premier program like that, uh, you know, and, uh, uh I think the wild guy definitely got a good one with him.
0: Lucas Reichel. I mean, he, he hasn't been on the show, but he's basically a friend of the show. Cause we talk about him so much guys filthy. Um, I don't even know what to say about him, but I listen, all I'm gonna say is if, if he does make it down and he's in some sort of breakaway challenge, I, I put my money on him. The hands on him are ridiculous. But Declan Chisholm, the Manitoba Moose, you know, he's making his first all-star appearance, a player that a lot of people seem to forget about. I think that a lot of the conversation has been centered around Billy Heinle, um, behind what is a very log jam defense. But Declan Chisholm is a very, you know, high-end prospect in his own right. He's a very mobile skater, good with the puck, good vision. And he's not, and he he came in as a a sort of offensive defenseman, and Mm -hmm. now he's become more well-rounded, a great puck transporter. Someone I think that will be an NHL player, um, undoubtedly. And I think that, you know, whether it's with the Jets or not is a different question. But I, I think he screams an NHL upside. I'll be interested to see how he fares um against some of the best in the league. Let's move on to uh actually wait, is that the last one? I guess it is. With that's our last uh last team. Gosh, I thought there was another one. So let's get to uh our prospect of the week while we're at it. And this guy, you know, so he he didn't make the all-star team from his team, but he's having a great year in his own right. And that is Ridley Gregg of the Belleville Senators prospect for the Ottawa Senators organization, 22 points in 23 games. He was hurt early in the year. So kind of, you know, bogged him down in a sense, but now that he's playing in all situations, a high level of reps, the twenty-twenty 21st round pick is off to a very, very, um, you know, strong stretch to his season. It's kind of early to, to predict what his ceiling will be. Uh, but, but, from my vantage point, it's a player that has a great, you know, compete level. He's progressed as he's got more responsibility. He's playing on the power, put the penalty kill five on five, you name it. And he plays with jam, which is a term where it's mm-hmm. like bite grit. He's got that kind of, you know, compete factor to him, which makes it really intriguing. The question will be, can he produce offense consistently like he is now, but at the NHL level, that's kind of the real thing with him. But really Greg is, you know, I remember reading throughout, you know, whenever people are throwing out names and whatever for trades and whatever, how Ottawa, like they're not going to part with Ridley Gregg. And I, I wondered like, Oh, I mean, I wonder why, but this year I could definitely see why that's the case. He's a player. You don't want to, you know, cut loose too early.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I think back to the pandemic season and he was one of those players that had, to you know, to go back early uh, to the Western league, the Western league uh, started up. And I know Belleville and the head coach territory, man, uh, you know, there's definitely some, uh, um, you know, regret, you know, having to let him go because he, he just played really well in that time. He was there, he was there for about seven games, and um and he gets right off the bat as an 18-year-old, played a very feisty game and um you know you know really didn't show any sort of uh signs of uh you know having almost missed a year of action. So um he came back, you know, he's a player I think would have benefited certainly by being the AHL sooner, but he's come in this year and just been a, a real, real force, you know, again, like very assertive, you know, and I think that it really shows through his play, you know, like when he's at his best, I think he definitely is playing with that, that edge. Um, and uh, he's, he's been, uh, I think everything you would want if you're the Ottawa here. you know, through the first half really of his uh, first pro season.
0: He strikes me as a guy that I could completely see having a, a playoff where he just proves I, I can be the guy here and mm-hmm. then next training camp, he makes the team, but also uh, by the, you know, on the other side of the corner, I could also see him coming back next year and, and being in Belleville. I, I can see it either way, but he has that sort of, I don't want to say clutch gene, but he ha- he has that gamerness to him where I could definitely see a strong playoff paying dividends for him. Yeah.
1: His, his father, you know, his father Mark Gregg played a long time at the NHL and the HL levels. Um, You know, he's a, the scouting world now with the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, you know, um, so, you know, he certainly grew up, you know, you know, in that hockey environment, got, a, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, good advice, good education early on uh, that I think really served him well. And, uh, you know, he was, he was well-prepared, you know, I mean both two years ago and then certainly coming in now as a 20 year old.
0: Let's head over to our team of the week. And that is the Carolina Hurricanes, their prospects in the AHL with the Chicago Wolves. We're just going to go over, you know some of the notable names to keep an eye on, and, and kind of who's impressing, who's struggling, and everything in between. Let's start out with Ryan Suzuki, twenty-one um, mm-hmm. year old center, twenty-eighth overall um, pick in the twenty nineteen draft. Missed the first two plus months this year with an upper body injury. Six points in ten games to start the year, but this is a player that while he has all the tools, he's really struggled to get not only be consistent and produce the level, but stay healthy. It's a pretty important year for him, and while. This recent stretch is semi encouraging. definitely kind of a mystery to see how his career will end up. You know, charting out at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean that's just such a such a tough spot, right? Like, you know, you're you're a young player, you're you're trying to find your way. Um, he was another one of that kind of that pandemic class uh, that got got into the HL early. Um, you know, that first season that was actually a year that uh, Carolina split the Chicago Wolves with Nashville. So, you He's know, that was tough team. to. Break, yeah. To, yeah. To, to break into that lineup in some ways, you know, cause you know, you have that much more, you know, competition. Uh, yeah. And then last year, yeah, the, the, the injuries, you know, just, you know, it, it just really makes it tough to evaluate a lot about his game. That's just, you know, when you're running those, those injury situations that, uh, you know, I would have loved to have seen him get a great opportunity, you know, had, had he been able to play last year in the Collar cup playoffs, um, you know, players just take such a jump uh, going through that experience. But the good thing is now he's uh, back in the lineup. Um, now's a chance for him to really, you know, take it and run with it. Right. Like there's definitely a lot of ice time available right now with Chicago. Um, they're a team that's, you know, they've gone through a pretty rough season, uh, having lost uh, so much of their talent from last year. Uh, so this is a chance for him to, you know, probably quote unquote, be the guy, you know, and, um, you know, take a lot of that burden onto himself and, and, really really have a good strong second half i think if he can do that uh you'd be pretty happy if you're the carolina hurricanes
0: jack jury uh is another guy where i think that heading into this year a lot of people thought he would be a regular with the hurricanes but further to that i think and i realized this when i was preparing for the show i think that also people forgot to remember that max Pacioretty was a pick, a player they acquired and definitely left, left spots to be available. And in turn, St- Stefan Nosen, who came out of the woodwork after being an elite AHL player, has carved out a role as well. So in turn, Drury's kind of on the outside looking in. He split this year between the Hurricanes and the Wolves, two assists in 21 games in the NHL level, nine points in 13 games in the AHL, eight of which have come in his last seven games. I think it's, it's an interesting case with Drury because he's sort of a safe player, um, he's not really sexy in the way that he contributes to the game. What, what he, you know, his output is sort of, you know, understated and kind of in a good way. He's, he's stealth. He's defensively responsible, but I always thought there was maybe some offensive upside there, but I think with even now, as we're seeing him have all these reps and the, the Chicago cast from last year has moved on. It's kind of apparent. He's probably not going to be a third line, middle six guy, probably more the fourth line. So that's kind of where I think he's at right now. I mean, you should know what you think.
1: Yeah, he was, you know, he was a player that last season, um, you know, he started well, right? Like he just continually got better and better and better. And then by the playoffs, I mean, he was an absolute force. And, you know, he was, you know, third, finished third overall in playoff scoring, um, delivered everything there. And, you know, he went pretty far, you know, this year in training camp with, with the Hurricanes uh, before he finally was sent to Chicago and got some time back up with Carolina now. Um, back with Chicago again so I think the main thing for him is to st- stay in one place for now right like you know if you can avoid that kind of that uh, you know elevator situation up and down um, you know I want to see him a lot like Suzuki uh, be the guy right like or be one of the guys and uh, I think if he can do that um, you know this is his team now right like last year he was somewhat part of the supporting cast with so much better in talent there now I mean this is a team that's it needs all the help it can get. Right. And they're, they're in a battle for, you know, already, you know, um, for, for a playoff spot, uh, they're not going to really have any time to, uh, to lose here, uh, to get back, you know, really, you know, into a good situation playoff wise. So, um, if, uh, if he can do that, uh, they would certainly be happy. Right. I mean, but, uh, you know, so you're going to see uh, there's going to be some high pressure games here coming down the stretch in the second half, uh, you know, for the Chicago wolves. And I think if uh, you know, if they are to make the playoffs this year, a lot's going to ride on, you know, like a jury, a Suzuki, you know, those type of guys.
0: One of my favorite prospects in in the hurricanes organization is Jamison Reese, mm-hmm. uh, you know, second round pick in 2019 draft, uh, Five eleven left winger who last year was, he was a very good player in a supporting role for the Wolves, and he's one of those guys where you thought, okay, maybe you know, with in, in more ice time he could produce. That doesn't always happen, but this year it has twenty points in twenty five games. He's a player that plays with a lot of grit, a lot of intensity. He's relentless on the forecheck. I, I see in my mind a fourth line NHL player. Um, in the making, but with third line upside, I think that the offense you're seeing, he's got great vision, good passes and tight can make plays in front of the net. And those are important things that you need, especially with bottom six forwards, having more offense in today's game. I'm a big fan of Reese. And yeah, I think that he, he's done everything that they could have reasonably expected this year. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, you know, a little way, a little bit reminds me of Ridley Greg in that regard. Like he plays a real kind of chippy style and, Um, you know, he's on the small side, you know, so like more power to him. Um, of course that, you know, that's always a, you know, a little bit of a fine line to walk for, for, for smaller players to be able to play that sort of game and and still stay healthy. Um, um, you know, he's been on the lineup for a couple of weeks, you know, but, um, you know, yeah, he's, uh, taken a good step this year. Last year was a tough, tough road for him. Right. I think, I think he got just a little bit lost in the shuffle last season, um, you know, that was such a deep lineup. Um, he had had a reasonably good start to, you know, his pro career, you know, back in the pandemic year and then comes in last season and it's just, you know, that's a tough lineup to crack. And, um, you know, but now again, like he's, they're counting on him. They need, they need all the help they can get right now in terms of production. And, uh, every little bit, uh, that he can provide will certainly be welcome. Um, so I think, uh, when he does get back in the lineup, um, Again, I want to see him here just have a real dominant second half and then, uh, you know, set himself up well, either for a playoff uh, opportunity or, you know, go up to maybe the Carolinas, of Black East, uh, and then have a good summer and uh, make a push next season at training camp.
0: Noel Gundler, raw, you know, prospect that's kind of trying to tread water and find his way within this year. Second round pick in 2020, right winger um, of
1: Swedish descent. What have you seen from him back this year? Yeah. You know, like, Oh, you know, very typical players that have played in the Swedish hockey league for a while, uh, well-trained, you know, kind of like a lot of the details of the game are already, you know, pretty squared away. Uh, he came over late last season, uh, got some playoff time as well. So I thought that was good for him. Um, just to kind of dip his uh, toes into the water over here, you know, it was was uh first time over in North America, uh, in terms of, you know, you know, competition wise. And, uh, you know, he, he did reasonably well, I think, with it. And uh, you know, this year, you know, he stepped in and uh, he's I think he's been off to a pretty good start. Uh, it's tough. To, I mean, it's just Chicago's had such a rough go of it, um, especially early on. They've, they've gotten it together a little bit more lately. But um, so, you know, it, it's it does complicate things, I think, for a player that's still always finding his way over here. But uh, I think he's been, uh, he's been reasonably solid, all, all things considered.
0: We have one more before we cap it off. And that is Vasily Panamarov. Tell me about this guy, Pat.
1: Yeah. Kind of another typical Carolina hurricane, uh, fine, yeah. you know, like a second overall, uh, second round pick, I should say, uh, you know, on the smaller side, like, but kind of a stocky, um, um, type, uh, player. Um, you know, he, uh, a lot similar, like, like to Gunler got, uh, a chance to come over uh, late last season, got some time in the playoffs as well. And, you know, he'd been in the KHL, you know, and then before that he was actually in the, the in the queue. But uh, uh, this year has been really good. You know, I think, uh, you know, real, real, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, you have to be pleased with what you've seen so far, um, you know, both production-wise and I think just overall game-wise. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's another one, like this whole cast that we've talked about, right? Like this is, they're counting heavily on that, that group right like hundred um because the depth does fall off a little bit uh after them um so uh they definitely need these young prospects to, to really show well here in the second half uh and i think you know Panamarov has he's given every indication that uh, there's a lot more that he you know he has but so far so good with him
0: agreed on that front all right well thank you everyone for tuning in for this week's episode and we'll be sure to uh Hit you back with another team of the week, another prospect, more topics and whatever else happens in between. But until then, we'll, we'll see you next time.